Okay, we're going to be moving around Scripture a little bit this morning and doing a lot of reflection and hopefully some good soul-searching, but I'm going to keep coming back to Psalm 119, so that's a good place if you want to turn in your Bibles there. Psalm 119, and I'll be focusing on verses 59 to 60. I'm going to read a number of uh, Scriptures here in a moment, but Psalm 19 is kind of the theme for this morning. Psalm 119, verses 59 to 60. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Psalm 139, 24. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 26, 2. Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Lamentations 3.40, let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. 1 Timothy 4.16, watch your life and doctrine closely. And I'll return again to Psalm 119, 59-60. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. As we stand on the precipice of a new year, I'm aware that there's probably three, three emotional states, three, three places that people find themselves in this morning as they look into the future, into 2018. The first is that there are people here who are in a, a very good place, and you're excited about the year ahead, you're generally positive, you sp- feel spiritually vibrant, focused, You are hopeful. Maybe you've already made your New Year's resolutions and you have the list. You spent the last few days thinking about them and working through them. You feel energized. You just feel like there's good momentum and you want that to carry through into tomorrow and beyond. So you can be in a good place here this morning. There's another group here of people that are going to be in a bad place. They're going to be in a place that feels dark and unmotivated, maybe even feeling hopeless. Things like resolutions and goals and ambitions of any kind feels very far away. People here feel maybe despondent. They're walking through a valley and they're feeling scared, they're feeling alone. And, uh, and part of what makes their place so difficult is that they feel isolated. They feel out of step, maybe guilty or shameful, because they look around and perceive everyone else being super happy, and they're not, and so they either isolate themselves to not bring other people down, or feel like must, something must be wrong with them, because everyone else seems happy. You can be in this place maybe because you feel stuck in patterns of self-destruction, you're not sure how to get out. I think some people, you move into the year and you're wondering if it's even worth putting in the effort to try and alleviate some of these patterns that maybe have haunted you this year or maybe for years. This is a place where apathy and indifference may be setting in. And I'm aware that this morning I'm, I'm, I am addressing people 
in that kind of a, a bad negative space. And the third group of people would be people who may not feel like the extremes of either of those, but what might categorize them is they just feel like they're in a dry space. It, everything just feels a little flat. Things aren't particularly good, but they're not particularly bad either. They just kind of are. And you're just moving into this new year kind of, maybe not numb's not the right word, but it just feels like every day feels like every day, feels like every week. And um, you kind of have diminished emotions, di- diminished motivations, uh, diminished willingness to act. And, and faith-wise, maybe things just feel a little disengaged or flat to you, boring. Maybe God seems far away. And there doesn't seem to be a, anything particularly wrong, but there's also not a lot that feels particularly right. So it just kind of feels like you're in neutral, sort of coasting forward. And what do you do if you are a pastor and you know that there's three, these three subgroups in a room that you're addressing on the precipice of a new year? I thought about that a lot. Took inventory of my own space and thought, you know, this is a really important time and I don't want to lose this opportunity as a church to do kind of a New Year's checkup. Because regardless of which of these three spaces you find yourself in, it's really important for us to, as the psalmist says, pause and to consider and to make sure that the way that we're walking is in in alignment with God's statutes, his commands, the gospel. And so what I've done this morning is in your outline, there are a number of categories. And these are going to be areas of self-evaluation. I'm going to take you through each of these and either mentally or if you have a pen or pencil, you can indicate uh, where from a scale of zero to ten, zero, uh, or I'll, I'll talk about the scale in a second. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to kind of do just a little New Year's spiritual checkup. Now, if you're like me, you don't really like going to the doctor you avoid it. You only go if you have to go. But checkups are really important, whether you're talking about your own health and your own body or your vehicle. Regular checkups make sure that we understand core systems are running properly, that if there's any issues that are small, we can catch them when they're small before they spiral out of control and become very large and end up uh, damaging us physically or our vehicles breaking down. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to walk us through this checkup so that whether we're in a good place or a bad place or a dry place, we, in a sense, make ourselves vulnerable before God and say, God, this is where I'm at. This is the space that I'm in. And I want to give dedicated space for you to lead me and to speak to my heart in terms of what you want to put in front of me. I want us to look at these areas through the lens, not of how am I performing in this area or am I doing enough. That's not what the scale is there to represent. The scale is there to represent and evaluate depth and fruitfulness. So when we look at these areas, the question I want us to ask of ourselves is, in this area, 
on a scale of zero to 10, zero meaning none, and 10 being like, I can't imagine more. How is my life playing out as it relates to spiritual depth and fruitfulness? And I picked that word fruitfulness intentionally because you can be very busy doing a lot of things and not be fruitful. Fruitfulness emerges as we, um, as there is a harvest, as there is a positive, slow and steady um, return, harvest for our actions. If you've ever gardened and worked really hard and not seen the fruit of your labor, you know what it means to not be fruitful. And we know that in different areas of our lives where we're trying really hard and there just doesn't seem to be the fruitfulness that we're wanting, that we're fighting for, that we're working towards. And what we're going to do this morning is walk through these prayerfully and self-evaluate. And on the first pass, don't worry about trying to figure out what to do about it. That's not what we're going to do. We're just going to try and identify where we are as we stand in the last day of 2018. So let me pray for a moment, and then we'll move through this together. God, some of us are in a good space, and some of us are in a bad space, and some of us are in a dry space. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will lead and guide and encourage and challenge and nurture hearts here this morning as we take time to allow you to search us, to bring to life things in us that need to be brought to life and put to death in us things that need to be put to death. Bring into the light things that need to be brought into the light, God. Would our hearts be vulnerable and open before you? We need times where we're checking in with you and checking up, and we invite you, God, to do that work in us this morning. Amen. Okay, so in the area of friendships, where do you find yourself right now in terms of depth and fruitfulness and having maybe not a lot of friends, but you would just say, yeah, this is an area where I think I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of depth and fruitfulness, a lot of connection, meaningful connection with friendships, just on a scale of one to 10. Just, just circle it, don't think too much. Uh, just go with kind of your first impulse. And what about the area of family? in your maybe immediate uh, family or extended family? Where do you feel like things are at in terms of fruitfulness? Next is marriage or singleness. So if you're, if you're married, then how, where would you say things are at in terms of your marriage, in terms of depth and fruitfulness? And if you're not married and you're in a season of singleness for whatever reason, is there depth and fruitfulness coming from your pursuit of God in that season of singleness? What about scriptural engagement? And I've used a, a fairly broad term there, so I'm not asking you to evaluate maybe personal devotions or Bible study or how many... Uh, Bible study groups you're a part of, how much of the Bible you move through on a given day or a week. What I'm really looking at there is um, 
any way that you engage scripture? Are you engaging with scripture in a way that is leading to depth and fruitfulness in your Christian life? And then how would you evaluate your prayer life right now? Is there increasing depth and is there fruitfulness? And when we're talking about fruitfulness, there are certain things that that's going to be nuanced. When we're talking about family or friendships, there may be certain um, outcomes that we're looking for. When we're looking at things like scriptural engagement and prayer, part of what we want to think in terms of fruitfulness is scripturally this idea that fruitfulness as it relates to our transformation looks like becoming more like Christ and putting on Christ. So as we pray, as we engage in prayer, is that leading us into a deeper dependence on Christ and is it a place of formation where we're growing in our relationship with Christ and becoming more like him? What about the fruit of the Spirit? Um, Paul says in Galatians that one of the ways you know that you are kind of walking in step with the Spirit, not grieving the Spirit, and, and cooperating and participating in the life of the Spirit, is that there's going to be certain fruits that come from that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. In, this, in, in my life, just generally speaking, is that, is that fruit bearing forth? As I stand on the last day of 2017, are those characteristics and fruits of the Spirit um, more established in my life than they were on the first day of 2017. How would I self-evaluate as it relates to uh, focus and, and depth and fruitfulness in terms of how I'm using my time? And I have in brackets their personal vision because how we spend our time often comes out of a sense of personal vision. A sense of, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm focused on these things, I know what my priorities are, I know what my values are. Zero might be, I just am winging things on the go. I don't really do anything other than wake up and hope for the best. Ten would be, there's a real fruitfulness. I have a strong sense of how I need to be spending my time and organizing myself so that I can be honoring to God and, and growing in my ability to love God and love my neighbor. And here, this next word, vocation, um, I didn't want to use the word work because some of us aren't in a stage of life where we're doing work. I'm using vocation to refer to the central... Um, calling of our lives as it relates to meaningful service within the world. So for some people that is work, for some people that's being a stay-at-home parent, for some people that's being a student. But in your central vocation, is there fruitful, fruitfulness and depth coming out of that? Do you feel like I'm really connected and I have a strong sense of what God is calling me to do? Or again, does it feel like I'm just... Um, moving through life kind of unconsciously, hoping that it kind of matters, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm not moving into these responsibilities with a strong sense of, yeah, this is like I am participating and cooperating with God in kingdom work in this particular sphere. 
The next area I just generally called energy, our ability to um, love God and serve other people in a way that's sustained and in a way that is, again, fruitful and helpful to them. And in brackets, I put self-care. And what I'm asking you to examine here is, am I properly taking care of myself so that I can effectively love and serve God and other people? So not self-care as, am I getting enough, um, am I making sure that I come first in my life? That's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to, am I stewarding, in a sense, my body and my energy? Am I taking care of myself, getting proper rest, treating my body properly in terms of basic exercise, nutrition? Um, Am I doing these things so that I can be as strong as it, as I can be personally, emotionally, you know, physically, spiritually, so that I can effectively help and serve other people. Because it's very, very difficult to help and serve other people if, in terms of your own health, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual, you're kind of crumbling. Uh, it's very, very challenging to do. So in this area, are you practicing patterns of self-care that are allowing you to sustainably love God and love other people around you. Second last, money and resources, and in brackets I have stewardship. Do you have a vision for your finances that are aligned with God's kingdom? Not just your finances, but your overall wealth. Wealth is a broad term. that just means the resources at your disposal. Do you feel like you are, on on a big picture, you have committed your wealth to God and your primary purpose is trying to figure out what does it look like to use this wealth, whether it's much or meager, to honor God and to love and serve people and to serve his purposes in the world? Or again, is the way uh, you're using your money and resources and time kind of just a reactive function of I don't know, I got bills to pay and I'm just kind of doing stuff and I've kind of lost track of the big picture of of what I'm doing. And and when I move through my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, um, there's not really a plan. There's no kind of uh, purpose to this stuff. I just kind of do it and hope it all works out in the end. Is the way that you're using your money and your wealth and your resources leading to a greater spiritual depth and fruitfulness in your life? And then lastly, service. How would you evaluate yourself as it relates to your effectiveness in serving other people. Is there, are there patterns in your life that are clearly demonstrating that you are following in Jesus' example of pouring out his life for other people? Service on, maybe on the low end of the evaluation would be more someone who might say, yeah, I totally serve, when the stars align and everything works out and I have all the time, energy, and money that I need to serve, then I I totally do it. And on the other end would say, no, service is kind of in my DNA and I'm looking for opportunities and I'm eager for opportunities. I can't take advantage of all of them, but um, I'm eager to serve and I don't just wait until the optimal conditions line up. Um, I'm looking for ways to serve within my family, within my marriage, within my community, within the city, within the world. (laughs) 
So over these last few minutes, we, we just take these few minutes to consider our ways and just try and see patterns and just try and just look at them honestly. Now, for some of you, you you've already maybe made little notes and saying, oh, I've got to do more of this. I've got to do less of this. I've got to plan for this. That's, and, and again, just slow down a little bit. Take a deep breath because there's something very specific that I don't want you to do coming out of this evaluation that is very tempting for me to do personally. And that is, do not take this evaluation and then react to it and come up with a plan right away because 99 times out of 100, whatever plan you purpose out of this is going to come from a reactive place of guilt or shame or a false sense of urgency. Long-term, sustained, fruitful ministry, and by ministry I just mean a life that honors God and loves people, never comes from a place of simply reactionary guilt or reactionary shame or reactionary urgency of like, oh, I feel anxious, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do more of this. Long-term sustained depth in your life and long-term sustained fruitfulness in any area emerges as we learn to abide in Christ and as we give God space to do the work that only God can do. And so next week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a short New Year's series called Abide. And it's only going to have one aim. We're going to explore very practical exercises, practices. We're going to look at practical ways to strengthen ourselves in Jesus across all these areas. We're not going to spend a whole sermon on each one. But we're going to look at practical ways that we can grow, not just in doing more or doubling down in terms of willpower, but learning what does it look like to abide in Christ and to allow our lives to be recalibrated from within that relationship. And the first step in leading into that series, and this is what I want you to do with this evaluation. I would really like it if you took this evaluation home today, took a few minutes just to pray about it, and then made a commitment to pray every day for the next week Use the Psalms that I listed at the start as an anchor for a time of prayer, whether it's one minute, whether it's 10 minutes or an hour. Take Psalm 119. Say, God, I'm really looking to consider my ways. In these different areas of my life, what, what, what is lining up to the gospel? What isn't? What am I hiding? What am I running away from? Where do I need to shift out of neutral? Where do I need to slow down? Where do I need to do less? so that I can abide in you. I want to turn my steps to your commands. I've been pulled in different directions, God, and I'm trying to follow you, but I've kind of got off track, and I want to get back on track. I want to line up my life to the life that you have for me. And God, I want to hasten. I don't want to delay in obeying your commands. I don't want to just get through this next year and say, wow, a lot of stuff happened, but I don't know if there was a lot of depth or fruitfulness in areas of my life. There's busyness. There's a ton of activity and my mind is still spinning and my body 
bears the burdens and the wounds from just trying to do a bunch of stuff, but there's not fruitfulness in my marriage. There's not fruitfulness in my own walk with you, Jesus. There's not fruitfulness in my sense of vocation. And I want there to be. That may, well, it will require having the courage to pray Psalm 139. God, see if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Show me where things are misaligned, out of joint. If something has come unhinged, God, reset the bone. That might be painful, but do it in this area. Psalm 26, test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. I don't want to go into this year just moving into the same old patterns, even maybe in my relationship with you. And maybe things aren't even bad, but they're just dry, and I don't want them to be dry. I want depth and I want fruitfulness. I want to return to you, Lord, Lamentations 3.40. And, and maybe I haven't left you, God, and kind of a total turning my back on faith, but maybe there have definitely been areas where I have been cold to the whisper of, you, of your spirit, but I have numbed myself to your invitation to discipleship. God, would you teach me how to watch my life closely? watch my doctrine, what I believe, but who you are, who I am, how I'm called to live closely. So I invite you over the next seven days to just give your attention to turning your steps towards God's statutes. To slow down, to not get pulled into the New Year's resolution, starting tomorrow we're going to do all this stuff, but to just say, God, I want to learn to abide in you. I want a life of depth and of fruitfulness. But that's not going to happen if I just simply react to the calendar turning over or in a moment of excitement or in a more m- moment of resolve saying, oh, this year is going to be different. It can be different. It can be richer. It can be deeper. But it will only be those things to the extent that we learn to actually abide in Christ. How does that sound to people? Thumbs up. Okay. Why don't you stand with me and let's, I'm going to prayer, pray a prayer of commitment. God, we stand before you. And there are people here who are very new to faith. And there are people here who have walked with you for decades. And there are people here in valleys and people here on mountaintops and everything in between, God. But God, would this week and every day, even just for a few minutes, but may they be intentional minutes where we would consider our ways, that we would use this self-evaluation and not just see it as a mechanism for shaming ourselves into doing better or feeling guilty or pressuring ourselves to perform in different areas, but instead to say, God, where are we out of step with your spirit? And as we move into this new series, would you teach us to abide in you, to remain in you in such a way that there is an uncommon and there is a supernatural depth and fruitfulness that emerges in our lives such that we can say, this is not the work of our hands. This is from God. The fruitfulness that is coming from the season of singleness, that a fruitfulness that is coming from me being a stay-at-home parent, the fruitfulness that is coming from my relationships and my friendships, the fruitfulness that is coming as I engage and serve, 
I have never experienced this before, God. God, lead us in your way, the everlasting way, the way to true life. We are dependent upon you for this. We can't do this ourselves. We commend ourselves to your care and your leadership. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. like to send you off with a benediction. As you go, family and friends of Nelson Covenant Church, may you examine and test your ways and where needed to return to the Lord. And may 2018 be a year where you hasten and not delay in obeying Jesus' commands. And may you turn your steps to his statutes and be led in the way everlasting. And may the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with you all today and into the new year. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless.